It's called Amazon Hotbox, for Christ's sakes. Room Radio, y'all. Hi, how are you? My name is Darian, and this is the Padded Room. We're here to talk about horror shit and stuff, and other stuff, and other shit. It's just me this weekend, mates. Buddy, I think, legitimately tried to make it, but something about the kids to baseball or something. I don't know. I'm sure he uh, is full of shit, and he's at a bar somewhere, or at a bus stop, eating M&M's, possibly. You never know with that guy. He might be sending dick pics on Instagram again. He's a very busy man these days, you know what I'm saying? Miss Monica out. uh, Basically, what she's doing now is I send her the schedule of the movies we do in advance, and if she sees one she likes, then she comes in. Unfortunately, this is Carter Burke month. And he has picked the most shit movies he could think of. Thus, we will probably not be seeing her again. Although, for some reason, she did show up for Night of the Lepus. Which is not good, but I I don't know. I think she had, like, some nostalgia for it or something. Anyway, it's just me again, inmates. Apologies for that. Uh, I got some other shit going on. We got another episode of Your Mom's Basement coming up. I'm going to get the boys together. We're going to hunker down probably this week sometime. And discuss the the doofuses that we are and what we're all doofed up about, if, if that's a word. I don't know, but that's something to look forward to. Uh, if you have any questions or comments for the boys in the basement, send it here, thepaddedroom2011 at hotmail.com. Put in the subject line, um, your mom's basement, or my mom's basement, or mom's basement, or maybe just the basement, and we will address them on that show. Which will probably appear in this feed uh, sometime soon. Not going to make any promises because I'm a bit of a I'm a bit of a loser. <laughs> I lack in follow through is what I've been told. I don't know. I'm not even sure what that means exactly. But uh, anyway, what I do have uh, for right now is some horror news, some listener mail, an Amazon hot box, which sounds like something you'd pay extra for in Tijuana. But it's actually a movie that I'm going to talk about here in a few minutes. Uh, I got some other shit going on, too. We'll get into the whole goddamn thing here. Let's start it off with some horror news. (laughs) Horror news. Yes. 
Yes, you may. Are you guys aware of this uh, this Ben Stiller talk going on right now? It's hot. It's hot off the press. It's smoldering. It's so fucking hot. Ben Stiller is apparently in talks to play Jack Torrance in another uh, Shining adaptation or reboot or remake or whatever the hell makes you feel better about it. Whatever you want to call it. I don't know. Um... I don't know, man. I don't know about this. It's hard. It's very difficult to take uh, historically comedic actors seriously when they're not doing comedic roles. You know what I mean? Look at uh, Chris Rock, uh, Spiral, Book of Saw. You kept expecting him to say something funny or at least act funny, and he never did, and it was kind of off-putting, right? That's how I felt. Um, I don't know, man. He doesn't... I don't know that he has the acting chops for that because Jack Torrance, as we know, is a very tortured character, uh, mentally unstable, alcoholic, borderline abusive uh, husband and father. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to pass judgment. I don't want to say he can't do it. We've been surprised in the past um, with you know actors getting into roles that you wouldn't think they would be good for. But let's see how it works out and. Uh, it can't be any worse than uh, Mick Garris' 1998 Shining reboot, right, with Steven Weber. That was terrible. That movie, uh, it, it was one of those made-for-TV movies. See that? And it had the worst child actor I've ever seen in my, na- in my life, in my entire life. Um, to this day, uh, in my 43 years, uh, what are we, uh, six, uh, no, God, 25 years later, I still don't think there has been a worse child actor performance than that little bullheaded buck tooth fuck that played Danny Torrance in that goddamn movie. And when I had Mick Garris on this show, I came very close to being like, what was your fucking... <laughs> no, I didn't. I, was, I would never do that. But still, uh, I don't know, man. Let's, uh, let's see what happens with this. Chances are nothing. Probably this will be the end of it. Whatever project gets greenlit or whatever i don't think it'll ever see the light of day but who knows you never know uh speaking of which christina ricci 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 whatever her name is you know her she's hot uh she is returning i don't know if she is reprising her role uh, as wednesday adams but she is going to be in the wednesday tv sh- or uh netflix show which is a spinoff of the adams family by tim burton so Excuse me, I don't know if we're, we're talking about a grown-up Wednesday, and this is what we got, or if, um, I don't know, she's just in there. Maybe she plays like a babysitter or something. I don't know. I don't know what we're doing here, but um, I'm into it. She's hot. I like her a lot. Um, did you ever watch that Lizzie Borden show that she was in? I think that was her. I'm 99% sure that was her. Um, there was also one where she played a dead body. Uh, what was that called? Afterlife with Liam Neeson. Uh, yeah, she was naked a lot in that movie and that is all right with me. Uh, what else we got here? Don Coscarelli, you know the name. Uh, he is the creator of the Phantasm franchise and, uh, Bubba Hotep. And he's done some other movies that haven't quite worked out very well. He is now pining for a Phantasm video game. 
Now, we got some big horror video games coming up this year, my friends. We got the Evil Dead game. We got this Texas Chainsaw Leatherface game coming out. I'm not sure what that's all about. Um, this could be, this could, this, dude, it's, it's blowing up. It's blowing up the horror video games right now. I cannot stop playing Dead by Daylight long enough to even consider a different video game because I'm too, I've spent too much money on Dead by Daylight and I've had to have some counseling sessions with my wife about that. But uh, I'm into it, man. I, I don't know how it would play. I don't know what it would be like. Uh, what are you, escaping the tall man or you you are the tall man? Either way, I would check it out because, you know, I, what if you, what, hey, what if you get to be Reggie Bannister? <laughs> Is there a ponytail button that you push to make him flare out his ponytail? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, this, you can't beat level two until you play that guitar solo on the porch. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> yeah. What else we got here? Uh, I know a lot of you are not um, happy about the end of the Supernatural TV series on, what was that, CW? Uh, mostly our female listeners out there because we love seeing those two dudes with their shirts off, right? Well, we've got the the Supernatural prequel uh, series warming up. Uh, They have casted John and Mary Winchester. It's going to be Drake, Roger, and Meg Donnelly playing those two. No fucking idea who those two are. Um, God damn, what, 20 years or so, give or take, on the Supernatural show? Um, I, I I think maybe we just need to be done with that, dude. That one, uh, The Walking Dead... Um, maybe we just, we just throw in the towel on those. Two. I mean, Supernatural is done. They, it's gone. It's, it's over. But now they want to, apparently CW doesn't have much else going for it right now. So they're trying to bring it back with, uh, a prequel. So I don't, I, I don't know. I, uh, I watched it for a little bit. I think I did three or four seasons worth. I binged the whole thing. Uh, a friend of mine had them all on DVD. So I just ran through them. And then uh, after that, I just didn't, never picked it up again. Never really had any interest. The plot seemed kind of redundant to me, you know. The two guys, they go out, they fight some evil thing, they kill it by the end of the, the show, and then they do it all over again next week somewhere else. It's great. Gotta love it. Uh, are you ready for another Godzilla vs. Kong movie? Because this fucking sequel is happening, and it's going to start filming in Australia later this year. Now, a couple of thoughts on this, okay? Clearly, this is a push for this monster uh, universe movie, you know, with the monsters fighting each other. That's cool. I'm into that. I got to get caught up on it. I've, I've, I don't think I've seen any of them other than the first Godzilla movie. Uh, so my question to you, inmates, is which monsters are they going to shoe in next, right? We've seen uh, King Ghidorah. We've seen Kong. We've seen Godzilla. Mechagodzilla. Um, how deep into this rabbit hole do we have to get before we get some love for Jet Jaguar? Because that's that's who we need. That's the monster that we need. That is the monster that we deserve. It's not even technically a monster. It's just a big uh, robot, I think. But it can shrink. He can shrink himself down to like toy size too. So you know, that's. Does anybody remember not remember Jet Jaguar from the original Godzilla movies? He was always my favorite. 
And then he would, he, once he uh, blew up to like monster size, then he would like do the weird elbow, hand, ar- hand and arm signal dance, kind of look like the Macarena. And that's how he would communicate with Godzilla. And then usually he would be on Godzilla's team and they would go kick the shit out of Megalon or um, one of the other monsters. Have we seen that? Megalon wouldn't be a bad pull either, right? Now, of course, am I going too deep? into the Godzilla lore for you guys. Megalon was the the beetle-looking guy that had, like, drill bits for arms. If you remember that, you probably don't. I think he was only in one movie. Uh, anyway, that's all we got on the horror news, you maniacs. How about a little listener mail here, huh? Listener mail. Listener mail. Let's see what's happening over here. Let me check my mail bag. I should probably also have a female bag. You know, in the spirit of equality and everything. Uh, Let's start things off over in jolly old England. Here comes the horror slut. My favorite nurse, Cat, is in the house. Subject line, oopsie. Evening, gents. I do hope everyone had a safe and healthy weekend. I was informed that I was a bad girl and forgot to write in last week. Hopefully I didn't earn a spanking. <laughs> oh, I'm going to give you a spanking, cat. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a spanking on you. <laughs> I had a double shift rotations and spent the day catching up on some sleep for educate you. Are you hush? Um, who the fuck? No, I am not. I am not hush, cat. Um, this movie that I was has not been seen by very many, which is tragic because it's very underrated, I feel, but I'll, I'll fill you in. Let's see if anybody else gets it first. Uh, I'm not hush. I did catch the privilege and rather enjoyed it. Very interesting premise. I hope everyone has a wonderful week and stay healthy, cat. Thanks, cat. Uh, we also watched the privilege. We'll get to that in the immersion therapy section. Let's get down to Southern California. Here comes Tony. Tone Capone's in the house. Subject line, clever title. Greetings, padded room. Darian, since you can't stop posting pictures of your bare ass on Facebook, they probably won't let you back in. You can keep a list on IMDb to keep track of what you have watched. It's super easy to add movies to it. Here's mine. Uh, actually, Tone, I've been using Letterboxd. If, uh, is anybody else on Letterboxd? Is that, is that what... Hold on. Let me make sure that's the correct name of this fucking thing. Yeah, Letterboxd. Uh, it's an app. Uh, you can, you can, I think you can do the same shit pretty much tone. You keep a list of movies and then you can rate and review them and all that shit. Um, if anybody wants to follow me on letterboxd, it's padded room D that's me. He he, uh, where was I? Um, here's mine. You could also just make a new one. Just make sure you give yourself name, not too similar to your real one. Barry and that works. <laughs> you know what, Tone? Honestly, I don't miss Facebook. There's like three distant family members on there that I would talk to once a month, maybe, if that. The rest of the time, it was just fucking uh, weird people trying to get me to do whatever, you know? <laughs> so I think I'm okay without Facebook, Tony. It's actually kind of refreshing. I don't have the fucking chime going off all the time on my phone every time somebody tags me in some shit. 
so I watched Amazon Hotbox on Tubi. The movie is exactly what I expected, just looking at the cover art. In my opinion, it could have used a second lesbian orgy, but I'm just nitpicking here. This really was about as close to a perfect movie as one could get. I can't wait for Amazon Hotbox 2, Adventures of Gordo and Jet. Apparently, the Jet character has been in a couple of movies that I would guess are all pretty much the same movie. Uh, this week, I also got in a couple more movies. No Exit, this is on Hulu. More thriller than horror, people stuck on a roadside rest stop in a snowstorm come to find out there is a kid tied up in the van outside. The first twist was obvious, but the second one gave the movie a little something. It is worth watching once. The Seed on Shudder. I really like this one. Three girls go to the desert for a weekend getaway to watch a meteor shower, then something lands in their pool. This could have benefited from a lesbian orgy, but still worked without one. I'm noticing a theme here. Tony, I feel like uh, you're looking for a certain like style of movie, and I don't think you're going to find it on Shutter, my friend. I can recommend some websites though, if uh, you know you're looking for that particular niche of entertainment, <laughs> that uh, that style of performance. Tony, I can uh, I have passwords and stuff if you need them. Hellbender. This is on Shudder 2. This is not my type of horror movie. It's a slow, atmospheric kind of a movie. Kind of like Lords of Salem, but with a smaller cast, budget, and talent. I wouldn't recommend this. Werewolves Within. This was good in the campy horror way. It has a hot chick from the AT&T commercials in it. It is worth a watch, too. That's all for this week. Till next time, Tony. Right on, Tony. Thanks for writing in, dude. Um, I... Okay, so he brings up The Seed, which we talked about last week, or I talked about last week. Uh, If you don't have a... See, this this brings up a weird conundrum, right? Because The Seed was not a bad show. Horror comedy, um, as I described it last week, it's it's a very ditzy version of The Thing, and it also has elements of society in it. But the problem is that the special effects were not that great. And when you're you're that ambitious with your plot and these big, you know, psychedelic sex things with this alien situation and the alien basically looks like a greasy sock puppet, I'm that you're losing me here, dude, you're losing me. You got to find some way to work around that because you have to know that your alien looks like a greasy sock puppet. So I don't, I'm not buying the three perfect tens uh, wanting to jump on top of the greasy sock puppet. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, it'd probably be better if we just didn't see the fucking thing at all. Or if we did, it was, you know, in a dark room so you couldn't really make out what it was. Maybe just uh, have a dildo uh, pop that up or something. I don't know. I don't know, man. This is why I don't make movies anymore. <clears throat> all right. Where was I? Reno, Nevada. Here comes a cowboy. Uh, subject line. No subject. Evening padded room. Hope everyone is doing well and made it in tonight. Did watch The Privilege. Interesting movie, and I rather liked it. Educate Hush comes to mind, but that's the only one I can think of. Wrong again! You're all wrong. Now, I feel slightly bad listening to these horrible movies and picking all food movies for April. I do feel you need a good movie to cover, but I'm an asshole. (laughs) Ha ha. And with that, did Monica pick between Poultry Geist and Thanksgiving? Uh, She hasn't gotten back to me on that yet. Back to the grind. The construction is killing my days. 
And when you guys are ready, beer's on me when you have my shirt and mug. Ha <laughs> ha. Have a great week. Catch on the flip, cowboy. Right on, cowboy. I owe cowboy another padded room t-shirt and another padded room travel mug. And I'm going to give him some porno. because It's weird because I have to stand in front of him and hand him the porno. Uh, as opposed to most of the time, somebody, you know, you know, hicks me up on uh, Patreon. I send them the shirt and the mug, and then I stick a bunch of porno in the box that I put in the mail. And in that way, they don't, you know, hey, here's a big box. Let me open it. Oh, it's porno everywhere. With Cowboy, I have to actually look at him and be like, hey, here is uh, Come Dumpsters 12. <laughs> Two grown-ass men probably standing in a parking lot. Here is uh, Booty Butthold. <laughs> Anal Babysitters 5. Enjoy that, uh, my friend. <laughs> Let's try not to make eye contact with each other again ever, please. All right. <clears throat> Let's see. Let me just check the junk folder here. Make sure nobody got scrapped. Oh, this motherfucker Carter Burke back in the house. Let's see what he did to my picture this time. Oh, look at... Oh, okay. I like this one. This one's pretty good. So, uh, it's a screen grab from the reanimator. <laughs> oh, I got to send this to Buddy. But he has taken Buddy's head and put it on Herbert West's body. And he's taken my head and put it in the uh, the decapitated headpan. So, I'm going to have to send this one to Buddy. Let me just... That's uh, uh, it to... Buddy and Monica, there you go, buddy. And send it. Looking good. Well done, Carter Burke. I but I wish he would quit using the fat fuck pictures of me, though. I, like I said, Carter, I'm willing to pose. Um, if you prefer me, like, in some kind of a different lighting situation, I can make that happen. You tell me. What do you want? Like a charcoal rendering? Uh... Maybe something you can wear in a locket. Whatever, whatever. I'll help. Help me help you, Carter. We can work together on this. I love your work. All right. Uh, we got to do have a voicemail here. Let's see what's going on on the mental health hotline. Let's get down to the funky, rotten, disgusting, sultry, sweaty, uh, probably overly humid south with our main man in Alabama. Here comes Alan of the Cha-Cha. Whoops, I lost him. Nope, here he comes. Padded Room, what's up? It's been a minute. Uh hope everybody's doing good. What's up, Alan? Gang back together. Yeah. I don't know who Mr. Darian is. Nobody uh, does. <laughs> Teradome teams. Uh, I think I want the Universal Monsters. We can't have them. The Xenomorphs. Xenomorphs are taken. We can't have them. I don't know. Cenobites. Uh, oh, Cenobites. Anyway, hope everybody's doing good. Talk to you all later. Bye. You got it, Alan. I'm going to put you down for the Cenobites. Um, I don't think the... Well, I mean, if you prefer the Universal Monsters, I'll give you those. Um, I've got to tell you, I like your chances much better with the Cenobites. But I'm going to put you down right now for the Universal Monsters. They've been in, they've been in, the, in the team's division before. I don't remember how they did. Probably not very good, but I don't know. All right, that's all we have on the listener mail. Thank you guys very much, Alan, Cowboy... Carter Burke, go fuck yourself. Tony uh, and Kat, you guys are wonderful, genuine human beings, I feel like. And now it's time for some Amazon Hotbox. <laughs> Without order. 
There can be no rehabilitation. Without rehabilitation, there is no release. It's that simple. There is no escape. So I give you two choices. Order or death. Since you are property, I believe this to be fair. Silence! Order or death. We don't have a choice. <laughs> yes! Dear, you are merely part of a demonstration. The incredible torture machine. Don't make me come back here, because I'm telling you right now, I will blow this motherfucker the kingdom come! Kill that motherfucker Jack right! The only place you're going is down. She's crazy. A fucking monster. Crazy monster. Oh yeah. We're about to get all lots of crazy up in this bitch. That's right, Daddy. It is Amazon Hotbox from 2018. This movie got 4.3 stars, and I find that to be hilarious because it is a full star above President Evil. (laughs) Oh, you mean people want to see uh, lesbian orgy scenes more than they want your highbrow political humor? Actually, yes. Yes, they do, you fuckheads. Uh, It's written and directed by James Bickert. Stars, Ellie Church, Tristan Risk, and Kelsey Carlisle. This one's rated TVMA, which I thought was a rating reserved for made-for-TV movies. Uh, There's plenty of boobs in this movie and some rather ridiculous gore. Um, Lots of F-bombs and SH-bombs. Plenty of harsh language, so I don't even... I don't know. I I guess I missed something on the the TV rating system, but... um, yeah, Amazon Hotbox, baby. <clears throat> so what we have here, my friends, is what I believe to be a quiet tribute or homage to the 70s uh, women's prison movies, in a weird way. Al- along with maybe like a nod to uh, the Ilsa She-Wolf of the SS movies, but in a more light-hearted, kind of a, a doofus-campy kind of a way. Um, this movie is low budget as shit. Make no mistake about that. It's got plenty of stock footage in it. A lot of B-reel of um, uh, Apache helicopters, random jung- jungle settings, uh, 
the occasional snake or lizard creeping about. Uh, I'm pretty sure this whole thing was filmed in a backyard in Pasadena, though. Um, so that being said, if you can get past that, and that's a weird, like, very niche subgenre to be really into, which is the women's prison movies. Never really was my thing. Um, I know, I, but, but like, there was like a good three, four years in the 70s where they were cranking those motherfuckers out left and right. All it was was like, uh, you know, fucking prison women of the jungle, uh, sex slaves of the Orient, all kinds of weird shit where it was just like these hot chicks getting their shirts torn open, fighting each other in the shower, and then eventually one of them breaks out and kills the warden, right? That's not, we're not going to get too uh, far off the formula here. So this movie starts with a, I guess you'd call it a montage of three very attractive young ladies being, um, I, I want to say abducted, but there is some light dialogue referring to a prison sentence to where these chicks were like uh, taken and they're being put into an institution as if to say they were guilty of some crime in some sort. Never really explained exactly. Um, so basically what we get is three uh, pretty hot chicks, one Asian, one white, one black, uh, being put onto like a rowboat and sailed across a river and then marched at gunpoint through like a jungle kind of a thing. And then eventually they get to like this weird prison complex, which again looks like it's all B-real and stock footage, along with some green screen for the background. Um, while that's going on, we're going to cut back to, uh, KS-13 headquarters. The fuck is KS-13? It sounds like it's some kind of a spoof of MS-13, the, the, like the street gang, but it's not. I think it's supposed to be a reference to some government agency because, um, they have, uh, operatives and spyware and computer screens in the background. So, I think we're we're supposed to believe that uh I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what we're supposed to believe. I think maybe they're trying to say this is like the uh CIA or something. But anyway, they have a they have an agent that they're briefing on their mission. Of course, it's a screaming hot chick and they're going to she's getting a briefing from another screaming hot chick and um Basically, we're going to get the background story of what the fuck is going on here. So somewhere uh, out there in the world is a small island by the name of Radica. And uh, the president of Radica is a guy named Jeff Bryant. Or, excuse me, Jet Bryant. Now, apparently this is some kind of an inside joke between... Uh, I don't know who the fuck actually, but this Jet Bryant individual—that's his real name. That's he—he's—he's an actor, but he's playing himself, I guess. Uh, he's popped up in a couple of this guy's other movies, and he always plays himself. And he's supposed to be like some kind of a—I—I I think he was supposed to be like a lovable loser type, uh, redneck, maybe a little bit. I don't know what the fuck's going on. But uh, if this is your first foray into the works of James Bickert, which it was mine. You're going to look at this guy and go, who the fuck is Jet Bryant? I don't know. Uh, but he is the president of Radica, and he was, um, he's just like kind of, I, I guess the local government was overthrown, and he named himself president, and now he's the president of Radica. And uh, this KS-13 group sent an agent in to infiltrate Radica, and then we lost contact with her, and now we're going to send another agent in 
to try to find out what happened to the first agent and take out Jet Bryant. I keep calling him Jeff. I'm sure his real name is Jeff. Jet Bryant, the the lovable redneck type. Now, while all that's going on, um, we're gonna get we're gonna cut back and forth between that and the chicks being led through the jungle. They make it to the uh, the green screen prison situation where they get booked in, and by booked in, I mean uh, stripped down and given these very slinky um, black and white stripe. Uh, I don't know what you call those. They're like mini skirt. They're not mini skirts. They're like full body skirts. Uh, I don't know what you call that. It's 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 very revealing and it's low cut. And uh, these chicks are well endowed. We're gonna meet some other chicks here in a minute that are not so much. But um, that's their their prison scrubs. We get like a half ass attempt at an explanation where we find out that Jade, the Asian chick, was uh, being a prostitute and she killed one of her Johns. Uh, Penny, the white chick, uh, is she, she's going to be our scared inmate here. Uh, she, uh, gives a, a long, sad story about how, um, her friends duped her into trying to smuggle something. And, uh, her parents are very rich and powerful in the United States. Uh, and you know, all that horse shit. And then, uh, Ebony, the black, of course, of course, <laughs> the black chick, uh, she just gets up there and gives a bunch of attitude and that's pretty much it. So they get booked into the prison by, uh, you know, the, the, all the prison guards are just fat guys, um, in wife beaters with sunglasses and beards, uh, carrying submachine guns. There's like no kind of badges or, you know, uniforms, nothing, just fat guys, wife beaters, submachine guns. So they get booked into the prison and they get taken to, they, they don't really have cells in this prison. I guess it's just like a big open room that everybody just kind of hangs in. So they get taken to there and uh, immediately we're going to meet the bad bitch on the block. She's, her name is Val and she's played by Tristan Risk. Now we've seen Tristan Risk before, decent actress, um, usually play, usually plays like a butch type. And I don't mean that to sound, you know, as some kind of a gay slur or anything, but she's, she's, um, I find her attractive myself, but she's not conventionally attractive. I would say, uh, not afraid to show you the goods. And in fact, if you want to see what her vagina lips look like, track down a short film called Innsmouth. Uh, there is penetration. <laughs> I made the mistake of watching that when, with my son when he was like five years old. And then I had some uncomfortable questions to answer, my friends. Um, anyway, she's played Val. Here she comes. She's the bad bitch. You can tell she's the bad bitch because she's smoking cigarettes. And, you know, you're in a Radica prison it's got to be hard to get cigarettes in there, but she somehow is running the, the, the show there. And uh, she's got a couple of henchwomen with her. And so they, they pop up and they're like, hey, name's Val. I'm the bad bitch. Yeah. And then the, the henchwomen grab Ebony and Jade and hold Shanks to their neck while Val throws Penny on the floor and uh, makes her eat her ass, which you don't really get to see. And she's like, yeah, get in there. Use your tongue. <laughs> I'm going to come see you when I'm on my period. Blah! <laughs> it's, pretty, it's pretty stupid, actually. You don't actually get to see like any tongue and butthole action, but it's it's. I kind of got a chuckle out of it. Um, once uh, the henchwomen let the uh, Jade and Ebony go, and then 
Uh, Val gets off of Penny. They kind of saunter off, and then, you know, it, it's great. Uh, from there, we're going to meet the, the actual warden of this prison. It's none other than Inga, she-wolf of the SS, except it's not Inga. It's, uh, oh, what the hell? Uh, Ida von Grupp. And funny thing about this, she's playing a Nazi, right? She's got the armband and the death's head hat and all that shit. She looks exactly like Inga, she-wolf of the SS. Uh, She's got the swastika, the whole thing, Russian accent, not German. That's a Russian accent she's doing through the whole movie. Comrades, I come to you and we speak of these things. That's a totally different, like, that's a different country, with a different dialect and a different accent. You understand that? Uh, Russians, uh, 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 James Bickert, I don't know if you're aware of this, my friend. If you're listening, the Russians were actually fighting the Germans in World War II. So, I don't know, maybe a quick history lesson here, or maybe just some dialogue coaching. I don't know, uh, slight oversight. Uh, so, there's that. She has a dwarf... Um, Assistant, I guess, slash companion. His name's Gordo. <clears throat> and he just follows her around the whole time. I don't think he even has any lines in the movie. And uh, she storms in to the president's office, Jet Bryant. And this is where we find out that uh, Jet Bryant wasn't, like, part of the revolution. He was actually, she kind of engineered the revolution and then installed Jet Bryant as the president. And... Uh, I don't know how the fuck any of this makes sense because he doesn't even really have a backstory. He just sits at a desk the entire movie up until the last five minutes. So I don't... I I guess I have to be in James Bickert's uh, cadre of movies to understand what the fuck is going on with with Jet Bryant. I have no interest in doing that, so we can forget about that right now. Um, so that's fun. I guess uh, we get a whole thing there. And we also find out that Inga is working on a um, torture slash interrogation machine that she is perfecting. And she's brought in her old mentor, mentor, Dr. Greeley, to help interrogate the, the women prisoners here. Uh, I don't know what information they're looking for because that it's not like they're at war and they need intel. They're just prisoners. So... What are you interrogating him for? All right, so let's be honest. We're just going to torture him just to see. But, like, tor- I get it. No, I get it. Torture is fine, sure. But you don't really need a machine for that. You can do that. You can, you know, fuck somebody up pretty good with, like, an iron, like a hot iron or a curling iron. Or um, there's all kinds of ways. A waterboard, all you need is a bucket of water and uh, a dish rag, really, to pull that one off. There's all kinds of crazy torture shit just to just to fuck somebody up and, you know, because you're, you're getting off on it, you sick bastard. But uh, she's got this contraption that she's building, and she's brought Dr. Greeley in to uh, help out with that. Now, let's talk for a moment about Dr. Greeley. Dr. Greeley looks like Dr. Drew Pinsky, and I don't know what the point of that was. Uh, he looks like he's about to take his grandkids to Disneyland, and he's kind of depressed about it. So uh, what this guy would have to... If if we're going to go with like the torture interrogation guy, give him a facial scar, you know? Put an eye patch on him. Make him look evil. Dr. Drew is the most unthreatening-looking guy ever in the world, and you got his twin brother to come in, and he's like, hey, 
Hey, how are you, Inga? It's good to see you. I'm, I'm ready to torture here. Let's do some torturing, huh? I, I really feel like we can make some things happen, some really good things with our torturing. What are you doing, dude? <laughs> All right, well, whatever. I'm not here to pass judgment. Maybe there was some kind of a uh, weird connotation or something, or maybe uh, uh, James Bickert just owed that guy money, so he said put, put him in the movie. I don't fucking know. Anyway... Uh, so that's like another part of our story here. Now we're going to cut back to our prisoners. And this scene is particularly stupid because we have a shower scene and all the ladies are naked. It's great. And we have a conversation taking place between um, Ebony and uh, Jade, like with Penny just standing in between them in a weird way. And they're all naked. It's beautiful. And Penny or Jade and Ebony are like, hey, Penny's, Penny's uh, rich and powerful in the United States. If we can protect her and we can get her out of here, she can tell people and we can get help and we can, you know, enlighten the world about this Amazon hot box and stuff like that. So they're like, yeah, we're going to protect her. It's great. And then the camera zooms in real tight on Penny while Penny is giving like a weird monologue about, um, oh, you know, if I could get out of here, I could just really, I really help you guys because, you know, I feel like we're sisters. And then when the camera pans back out, Jade and Ebony are mysteriously gone from the shower, and they've been replaced by Val and all of her hench girls, which, of course, leads to a lesbian uh, orgy slash ultimate fighting um, kind of a thing where Val is fingering some chicks while she's getting her box eaten, and she tells one of her girls to go beat up Penny, but that particular girl is like, no, she's kind of hot. I don't want to do that. So then she sends another girl to beat up the first girl, and then... Penny ends up beating up some other chick and it's just, and then eventually the guards come in and break the whole shit up and uh, uh, there's boobs and shit everywhere and blood flying. Uh, while that's going on, I know, I know this is a very involved movie <laughs> for Amazon Hotbox. I am all over the place with this thing. While that's going on, our secret agent has uh, dropped, from, I guess from like been parachuted in or something because we get some stock footage of a young lady scuba diving and then like swimming up on a beach and then she immediately gets into a bar fight with a couple of turds and this i hey inmates let me tell you something here i have seen some dumb shit fight sequences in my day i have seen some fight sequences where there was zero effort put into any kind of aggressive anything by either actor. And this fight sequence is probably the worst. What we have here is about 30 seconds of uh, Chinese throwing stars hitting wood. Jump cuts of our um, heroine doing like spinning and flipping her hair. And then like the guy's spitting blood. And then eventually... Um, she walks away and all the guys in the bar are laying on the ground. And I think one of them had like a Chinese star in his eye. So that it, that's bad. That's a bad fight sequence, dude. That's bad. Um, which, uh, I mean, again, this is why I don't make movies anymore because watching shit like this, I'm like, God, that's, that's bad. Could I do any better? I don't know. I don't know that I could. I don't know that I could get my knucklehead friends in front of the camera uh, to like take swings at each other and stuff and have it come out looking any better than that. And that was a bad, bad fight scene sequence. I think most of the blood was CGI too. That's not a good sign. 
That's not a good sign, my friends. All right. Anyway, you know what that tells me? You don't have money in your budget for fake blood. Fake blood is cheap. You can go to the grocery store. I can make. I will make you fake blood. It's easy. It's a. It's like three ingredients: food coloring, caro syrup. Uh, throw a little cornstarch in there. Maybe water it down if it's too thick. There, you're done. You're done. I got you. All right. Less than ten bucks at the grocery store. You can't come up with ten bucks in a grocery store. You got to go in digitally and put that shit in. Go fuck yourself. All right. All right. Uh, so that's that's that. Now our our super secret agent is there in Radica. She's she's got boots on the ground, high heel boots on the ground, and she's ready to get in there and take control of the situation, I guess, or whatever. All right. Now we're gonna cut back to the ladies' prison. Um. All the chicks from the orgy uh, riot in the shower have been put into the titular, no pun intended, Amazon hotbox, which is, I guess, the equivalent of um, solitary, but in the it's it's really hot in there, I guess, because what we get is a, a good montage of chicks uh, moaning and uh, swooning and uh, sweating on each other. And then eventually Gordo comes and pops the door open and he's like, okay, you guys can go back to your cells now. And then I, I don't know how long they were supposed to be in there. Uh, while that's happening, uh, Inga is giving Dr. Greeley a tour of the place and that's where we find out that they actually also have zombies on property uh, locked up in some cells. Uh, apparently she's been experimenting with some horse shit and uh, turned the, the revolutionaries into zombies and she's just keeping them there at the at the prison, keeping them in cells, because you know you never know when you're gonna need some revolutionary zombies. Is what that's what you got. So that's great. Okay, that's that's all well and good. Now we're gonna cut back to Jet Bryant, Pre- El Presidente Jet Bryant, and his uh, laissez-faire assistant. I get. I don't know. There's a guy with a beard that's always sleeping next to Jet Bryant in his office. And what I, this movie is not good, I'll tell you that, but I can respect it. One of the main problems I have with this movie is uh, we keep cutting back to Jet Bryant, where he's just going to spew out what I believe is supposed to be lovable redneck uh, soliloquies, and they're not that funny, and um, I I don't really see the point of it, other than apparently... Jimmy Bickert is a friend of Jet Bryant's, and he wants to try to make a star out of him somehow, except he's not really acting. He's just sitting there making uh, wisecracks throughout the whole movie. So apparently this guy gets shoehorned into all this dude's movies, and I guess this is it. This is what he does. He just sits there and, hey, look at the ass on that one. She's got a nice turd cutter on her. (laughs) I tell you what, I got higher than a fucking 12-story building on St. Patrick's Day. I don't even know what that means, all right? I don't understand it. I don't I don't know what he's going for. I don't find it that funny. And I don't see the point of it in the movie. Get rid of that guy, you know? We he's not that 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 is not a pertinent storyline to the plot. It's not. It's um it's just a fat guy sitting behind a desk. Now, what you could do instead is just uh, just cut that whole shit out of the movie cuz this is this is an hour and a half movie. We could whittle this down to an hour 18 if you cut out all the Jet Bryant horse shit and instead just have uh, Agent 6 going in to find out what happened to Agent 5. And that there, there you go. We don't even have to worry about that guy anymore. But instead, we keep going back to Gent Bryant and his dumb shit redneck humor. I wonder if he's a stand-up comedian or something like that. And this is, you know, they're trying to get get him a big start or something. I don't know. I don't know what he's doing. 
All right. Well, uh, now we're the, the the first hot chick. This part is particularly dumb. The first hot chick that briefed the second the the infiltrating hot chick agent at the beginning uh, parachutes in behind her and gives her an ass chewing about uh, not fucking around and beating up locals, and then somehow makes it back to the United States. So she flew all the way down there just to track down her own agent, give her a very quick uh, and somewhat vulgar performance review, and then got out of there. Okay, apparently this KS-13 doesn't have a lot to do. (laughs) Especially on the mid-management levels, they are just looking to chew somebody's ass over something, and if nobody makes any mistakes, then they don't really have anything else to do. So that's, that's, that's the whole point of their job, I guess. I don't know. Uh, so that's kind of dumb. And then now we're after that, we're just going to abandon that storyline for a good hour because the next hour is, uh, Jade, uh, Ebony and Penny trying to figure out a way to get out of there. Uh, Val, uh, her henchwomen trying to beat them up again. Eventually, <clears throat> Inga decides she wants to put on a uh, uh, some kind of a demonstration for Dr. Greeley about her um, fucking torture device, whatever the hell it is. So she snatches Jade out of the hot box, puts her in the, the torture device, which at, at first just looks like an electric chair. But then once they fire it up, it's got like a rotary blade attached to it or something like that. And it basically just comes through and cuts, uh, I'm sorry, I kept saying Jade, it was Ebony. Cuts Ebony in half. And Dr. Greeley's like, <laughs> well, I tell you what, I don't think that worked at all. Uh, Ingo, we got to go back to the drawing board. We got to scrap this whole design. We got to start from scratch. Let me show you some designs that I've been working on. I got these new chemical gases. I'm going to show you. It's going to blow your mind. So that's kind of, that's kind of interesting. Again, I don't know what the point of the torture is, other than the fact that Inga is some kind of a sadist, a Russian, mind you, sadist, and um, they're they're not. I don't. None of these prisoners would have any information that would be worth extracting. So they're just prisoners. Hey, did you rob that liquor store? Yep. I, t- I didn't even have to torture you for that. Uh, there you go. All right. Sorry. Uh, go back to your cell. I guess. All right, so it doesn't make sense. It's fine. We're past that now. Unfortunately, Ebony is out of the equation. Uh, Now we're going back to the prison. Everything's uh, getting kind of tense between Penny and Val because now Val knows that Penny can probably kick her ass. Uh, All that fun stuff is going on. Finally, our secret agent makes it into the office of El Presidente, and she pulls the gun, and she's like, hey, Jet Bryant, I'm sent here to wax your fucking ass, but it like the gun that she pulls is some kind of a crazy laser contraption, and she can't figure out how to use it, and this part is even dumber because Jet's little uh, sidekick there pulls a cord next to him on the wall, like um, almost like he's going to raise the curtains or something like that, but that releases a trap door underneath our secret agent, but not really a trap door. And how this contraption works, I have no idea, because she actually falls through the floorboards. So I guess whatever he pulled, like, weakened the floorboards to a state to where they suddenly give out when there's a 93-year-old supermodel standing on top, or (laughs) 93-pound. You don't want to see a 93-year-old secret agent. That's not something you want to see. 
93 pounds secret agent would just crash right through. And apparently right underneath that uh, particular space, a floorboard, um, is a bottomless pit. And it just keeps going down, 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 down. And that, of course, uh, unleashes another tirade of redneck humor from our good friend Jet Bryant. Hey, that thing is deeper than my ex-wife's pussy. <laughs> hey, uh, anybody ever get to the bottom of that thing? I bet you got to wipe Satan's ass when you get there. <laughs> it's not that funny. That's not that funny. And uh, I'd be willing to bet that those two little snips that I just made are funnier than whatever the fuck he said uh, during the movie. It's fine. It's fine. I don't care. Uh, so that happens. Now our agent is completely... Th- that was that was our one shining ray of hope is that somehow that agent was going to blow the cover off this thing. And she's now plummeting uh, down to the bottomless depths of whatever. Uh, so now Ebony is dead. Uh, our... Undercover agent is also dead or probably dying. Uh, about this time, finally, uh, Jade and Penny are like, you know what? We got to we gotta make a move here. Uh, they killed Ebony and fuck this and fuck Val. And we're, we're moving right now. So they lure one of the guards, one of the fat fuckers with the wife beater into the cell. They're like, hey, come in here, baby. And then as soon as he comes in there, uh, they stab him and take his submachine gun. From there, they're making their big escape. Unfortunately, in order to get out, apparently they have to walk through the hallway where all the zombies are. So they get there, and then Jade gets grabbed by the zombies and disemboweled right there on the spot. It's great. It's disgusting. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm just going to kind of great blaze through the, the last of this because there's a lot of unnecessary, unnecessary redneck dialogue and other bullshit that is not pertinent to the film uh, that, that takes place here. Uh the the first hot chick back at KS13 headquarters decides, well, shit, just lost my second field a- agent. I'm just going to go ahead and blow the shit out of that prison. So she hops in a Apache helicopter. And again, I mentioned at the beginning of this that there was a lot of stock footage and a lot of CGI. And that's what we get here. Stock footage of an Apache flying in circles, CGI missiles and guns going off underneath it followed by CGI explosions happening at this weird prison uh, green screen situation. Uh, Dirt being thrown in the hallway as the place is blowing up. Uh, While that's happening, Dr. Greeley's like, well, let me show you this gas thing. So he takes the remaining prisoners. uh, There's probably a handful of them, including Val. Or no, Val gets left out, actually. Into this prison, into one of the cells, puts a gas mask on and pops a canister on a gas thing. And then all the chicks in there get super duper horny and start scissoring each other, which is pretty hot. And uh, then he goes in there and takes a shirt off and starts re- uh, like quoting scripture. And uh, that's when they all start killing themselves. The The chicks start killing like one of them, like is like masturbating with a crucifix, and blood is shooting out, and then she dies. Uh, another hot chick with streaks in her hair, like slits her own throat, and uh, that's when Ilsa or Inga, excuse me, is like, "Oh, th- th- this is too much. No, we not do this." So she uh, takes Doctor Greeley into custody and marches him off somewhere. Uh, now, about this time is when Inga has officially given up, but. Gordo informs her that the device is perfected and it works perfectly now. So she decides to set herself in the device, set it on the highest uh, setting, whatever that means, and basically torture herself to death. Because that fucking makes sense, right? 
So let's talk about this torture chair device thing. As the place is being blown up by the uh, crazy lady in the Apache helicopter, um, it's got like a weird nipple blade situation uh, that comes out and it spins around your nipples. I'm sure that would hurt. Uh, there's blood and stuff. And then there's like a dildo thing that comes between your legs and it pops you in there and blood comes out of there too. It's all CGI. Uh, you get some injections of weird fluids, and then there's like a uh, spinning rotor thing that hits you in the shins. Looks very painful, I think. Uh, and then eventually it just sets you on fire, and uh, you're done, I guess, after that. But uh, Inga goes through the entire torture gleefully and uh, very seductively. Now the place is being blown all apart. Val is like, I'm going to get the fuck out of here. She takes off. Uh, Jet Bryant is like, I got, I'm going to get the fuck out of here. He takes off. They run into each other in El Presidente's office and start making out. Uh, we get a very long, ridiculous story from Val about how she was the daughter of a dignitary and she put flowers in a pool or something and then they put her in prison for that. I don't fucking know. I had tuned out of the movie at this point. I'm sorry. <laughs> I came to realize that this movie was dumb and I did not want to be a part of it anymore. So I said, let me uh, let me go uh, see what my kids are up to. But I kept it on in the background just in case something cool did happen. Uh, so that's that. Uh, <clears throat> Penny at this point makes her grand escape. She basically just hauls ass through the jungle. Uh, she gets clipped by one of the guards as she is hitting the beach. Uh, she goes down and she digs an ammo box out of the sand, pops the lid on it, and then takes a phone receiver out with the cord still attached to something inside the ammo box. So it's like an old school telephone like you used to have in your kitchen when you were a kid, uh, but it just goes down to an ammo box. And that's when she gave the signal to um, the crazy hot chick in the Apache to apparently drop a nuclear warhead on the place. And that's where we find out that Penny was actually Agent 5, the one that Agent 6 was sent in to try to recover. Uh, blows up the whole fucking place. Um, Jet Bryant and Val had some big escape plan about uh, uh, they were going to get uh, Jet's helicopter up and running, but they took one of the gaskets off the engine when they apprehended him, but she stole the gasket. She had to go back into the prison to get the gasket to take back up to him. He was going to go back into El Presidente's office and steal all the money and valuables in there. They were going to meet at the helicopter and live happily ever after with lots of more redneck quips. Uh, a lot of talk about beer and tacos also. Uh, unfortunately, when Val gets down there, uh, she's met with her henchwomen and they're like, Hey, you're just going to cut and run, huh? So naturally they stab the shit out of Val and she's dead. Uh, now all the zombies are loose in the prison and they're walking around. Uh, Jet Bryant is coming out of El Presidente's office with his bag of money and the zombies rush him. So he jumps into the bottomless pit. And we find out in a little credit cookie that it actually pops up about a mile down the shore. And he just pops out with uh, a big bag of money and he's covered in blood. And El Gordo happens to just be standing there when he does. And then they, they go off for beer and tacos. Because that's, that's very clever there, uh, James Bickard. That's very clever. Beer and tacos. That's the whole point of this fucking movie is beer and tacos. I've seen... Uh, 
<laughs> I've seen better written menus at Mexican restaurants than this movie. <laughs> there you have it, my friends. That is Amazon Hotbox. Now, it's not as bad as I may have made it out to be. Uh, again, I feel like the the crushing weight of Jet Bryant and whatever desire we had to put him on camera with his dipshit humor um, really set this movie back. It could have been, if, if we had tr- just gotten away from that whole fucking guy and whatever whatever the fuck what his deal was and just stuck with the women in prison um, situation, this would have been a nice little homage to those 70s exploitation movies, you know? You got the Nazi doctor, you got the wrongfully uh, imprisoned uh, innocent girl who's going to get born again hard in there and probably stab somebody in the neck, and then they escape at the end because it's a corrupt prison system and probably kill the warden, and then that's it. And you're probably going to have some girl-on-girl action in the meantime. That's that's all you need right there. So, I don't know. They really kind of cheesed it up with this Jet Bryant bullshit. Pro- probably didn't need that uh, invading agent bar fight. That was pretty dumb. Um, it's, it's not bad. But it could have been better. Some better writing. Get rid of fucking Jet Bryant. Quit trying to make this a comedy. And just stick with what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? That's that. That's my sense on my two cents on it. I'm gonna say you probably skip this one, inmates, unless you're a big fan of those '70s exploitation movies. Then you might get a little chuckle out of this because it's kind of like a uh, homage to that. That is Amazon Hotbox. I'm gonna take myself a little break. Come back to you with some other stuff in a few minutes.
If you like what you hear, head over to the Padded Room Facebook group and support us through the patron link with a small monthly donation. Check out the T-Villain link at paddedroom.podbean.com and grab some t-shirts. Thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. Well, what did you think of that shit? That was, uh, a de- that's what German sounds like, if you guys didn't know. That's what, that, they were speaking actual German. That was no positive with their hit, Collapse. And if you guys want to see a really hot German chick, check out the music video for that song. It's bananas. And a little bit on the spankable side. Um, <clears throat> Terra Dome, right around the corner. I think we're going to make fight announcements, not next week, but the week after. Get me your picks right now, or as soon as you hear this, whatever the case may be, the Padded Room 2011 at Hotmail.com or the Mental Health Hotline, area code 775-387-0275. In the meantime, I got a couple of nutty uh, movies to talk to you about, a little segment I like to call, What Are You Looking At, Asshole? You're not an asshole, I'm sorry. I don't know why I put that last part in. What are you looking at? How about Harpoon from 2019? Um, this is a, uh, a bit of a silly movie. You got like a, a stranded on a yacht out in the open sea. You got three, got three kids, two guys and a girl. And uh, there's like a weird love triangle thing going on. And pretty soon they run out of food and water. And then they start getting desperate. And then, you know, hey, we got some, some, we're going to have to eat one of us here pretty soon. And there was a whole, you know, uh, like love triangle thing before they even got on the boat. And now that they're out there, some real weird shit's going down. 
not a bad show. More of a um, more of a survival comedy, if such a creature exists. I guess it stars the kid from uh, Turbo Kid, and um, I don't know if that helps your decision in whether or not you want to watch this. Not a bad show. Definitely not the worst thing I've seen. I watched that, and I also watched a movie called Titane from 2021. I checked this one out on uh, Tim's recommendation over at Horror for Dummies. What the fuck is this? Have you guys seen this? This is bananas. Um, It's French, and that's really all you need to know. It's fucking French. Um, You just got to go with it, man. You're not supposed to get it. I think that should be the tagline. It's French. You're not supposed to get it. it just ex- expect that they are smarter than you, and this movie is going to make sense to somebody other than you because it didn't make a lick of sense. But basically, you have a serial killer chick, screaming hot, gets pregnant by a car. A car gets the chick pregnant, and uh, because cops are, are on to her, uh, she assumes the identity of a missing child. And passes herself off as a fireman's son. And things only get weirder from there, my friends. So, that's that's the bullet points. Hot serial killer chick gets pregnant by a car. What else do you need to know? Alright, is, is that not in itself worth a watch? I think this one definitely is worth a watch. Um, if nothing else, just to make... So, you can say that you've seen it. And you can share in the rest of our confusion. As to what the fuck was, as to what the fuck, really, you know, I don't know, I don't know. That's all I'm looking at, inmates. Um, let's see what we got. We got some immersion therapy coming up here, yeah? Immersion therapy. The Privilege from 2022. Not bad. Not a bad show. Um, nothing that we haven't really seen before, though. You know, you have the affluent family adopting kids so that they can become host to demons uh, down the road. Familial, you know, Norwegian, Danish, Swedish, whatever the hell, demons. Uh, the only problem I had with this was the actual demon itself. I mean, if you're going to go that route and just have it be this big formless dust cloud that hovers around, what do we even really need to see it? You know, maybe a little less is more in that case. If that's what you're going to go with, and that, that brings to mind, um, what is that? Paranormal activity ghost dimension. When you actually get to see Toby, you're better off not seeing him because really all he is is a black swirling mess of mazma that just kind of sloughs around and clings to the ceiling and fucks up your furniture from time to time. He was much more frightening when you didn't see him because then you're left to your imagination and you assume he's going to be some horrific, uh, horned, uh, fork-tailed devil thing with wings or some shit like that. Instead, what you get is basically a fart cloud. (laughs) Oh no, the demon is a fart. He's only going to haunt your bathroom for about uh, two and a half minutes, and then he'll just kind of fuck off. But it's going to be a stinky two and a half minutes, babe. Sorry. It's uh, Toby, you know. He's back. 
Uh, other than that, I thought it was pretty cool. They kept uh, they kept the demon card close to the chest up uh, to about the I guess halfway point. Um, that wasn't bad, right? For uh, Norwegian, I guess I think Swedish, Danish, something like that. Scandinavian is what we'll call it. Scandinavian horror. You know what we don't have enough of? Scandinavian horror that is somehow black metal based. I feel like. America and Australia has kind of cornered the market on the black metal horror movies. Um, Scandinavia, obviously, the black metal music. But really, I feel like if they're going to make horror movies, that would be a good starting point. Because it's kind of in their lineage. You would think. You would think that anyway. And most of those uh, uh, heavy metal dudes aren't doing shit these days anyway. So you could probably get them in the movie. You know, there's all that. All right, uh, your immersion therapy for this week is going to be fresh. Find this bad guy on Hulu. It stars Daisy Edgar Jones, Sebastian Stan, and Jojo T. Gibbs. Uh, it's directed by Mimi Cave. Um, I don't know. I imagine it has something to do with uh, cannibals or something. Maybe it's a sequel to Raw. That would make sense, right? The French... Um, cannibal movie with the chick that eats her lesbian friend or whatever uh anyway check that shit out inmates it's on hulu we will do the same in compare notes next week in the meantime you must now educate me Educating Miss Monica. My clues from last week. I have secluded myself. I, by the way, am a very attractive young author, and I have secluded myself in a cabin in the woods right on a lake uh, to finish my latest volume or text or whatever the hell I'm writing. Uh, I don't think I'm alone in this cabin, though. And... uh, you know, I sure hope my dickhead fiance doesn't show up and try to fuck with me uh, while I'm trying to write or try to propose to me or some shit because I'm trying to write. And uh, really, I just want to be alone in this cabin, but I can't because there's something else here in the cabin with me. Maybe it's a ghost. It's probably a ghost. I am The Presence, starring Mira Sorvino. Highly underrated, and one of the first uh, movies that I recall... Where you saw, well, no, not technically, I guess, but actually, you're, you're kind, the ghost was the main character. He's a ghost. He knows he's a ghost. Um, he's slowly falling in love with Mira Sorvino, who's trying to, fall, who's trying to be alone. And, uh, you know, he, unfortunately, he's an escaped con- Well, he died. He's at the bottom of the lake. But uh, he was an escaped convict, too, so that's kind of scary. But uh, good show. Really like the portrayal of the ghost in that movie, because you couldn't help but feel for the guy. You know, and it was still, even though you're watching it from the ghost perspective, it's still pretty fucking creepy. Cause like he does a lot of like just staring at her and he's dead. He's clearly, he's not like a rotting corpse dead, but he's, he's dead. You know, he's all pale and all that shit. You should check that out. I think we did uh, an episode on it fucking 10 years ago or whatever. Uh, who might I be this week? You wonder. Well, I just found out that I am the sole hair heir, I guess, uh, of a somewhat palatial estate located in New England. I'm very excited. Me and my new wife are going to drive down there and check it out. 
Good news and bad news. Bad news, the place is a complete derelict ruin. Uh, good news, um, there's a portrait hanging above the uh, the fireplace of my old uh, relative that apparently at some point owned this place. It looks exactly like me. He looks just like I did. And uh, I better sort through all these books and shit and, you know, oh, there's a diary over here. I better read that, find out what this guy's problem was. And, uh, well, I'm going to have to just go ahead and tell my wife to fuck off now because I'm fully embedded in my ancestor's um, stuff that he had going on here at this estate in New England. And, uh, shit, it's about to get ugly. She might have to hire a private detective or something. I don't know. Who might I be, you ask? Tune in next week, and I will drop some knowledge on you. In the meantime, my friends, I think that's about going to do it for me. Thank you very much for joining me and for uh, your continued patronage here in the padded room. People like you and the downloads that you bring are what keep me going, even when I'm here by myself, you motherfuckers. How do you like that? Join me next week for... The giant spider invasion. We can finally be done with Carter Burke month because I've had about enough of this horse shit. <laughs> we can call it quits on Carter fucking Burke month and the Amazon hot box and the goddamn uh, rabbits and the president evil and all this other crap. Uh, th- but thank you again for joining me. Like, comment, subscribe wherever you found this show. That helps out my visibility quite a bit. Also, I do have a Patreon campaign uh, running. $5 donation will get you a Padded Room travel mug, a Padded Room t-shirt, and as much pornography as I can shove into a a box that I put in the mail, Uh, as well as control of the month of May, which is wide open. Uh, Consider that. You'll find that link at paddedroom.podbean.com. Uh, other than that, I think that's about going to do it for me. So, for Buddy in Absentia, Monica in Absentia, women's prisons in the Amazon jungle that are actually probably located in Pasadena, Jet Bryant, whatever his fucking deal is, um, Ben Stiller, who I guess is going to play Jack Torrance at some point, and the Padded Room Podcast. I'm afraid visiting hours are over.